it is, wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening, we are so glad you've chosen to tune in to DLC. Special shout out to our geeks in sneaks, making it happen, pushing themselves, running. Maybe you're in the middle of a run right now. Maybe you're at the gym. We're supporting you, getting you through. We got DLC for you. DLC, of course, your downloadable commentary for the week. DLC delivered the way it's meant to be, completely free. And that's thanks to our sponsor this week, Squarespace. Squarespace! They made that possible, bringing the show to you. DLC is the show all about gaming in its many forms. Games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles, and also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I am your host, Jeff Canada. That's with two N's and one T. And I'm joined, as always, by my friend, slash co-host, slash nemesis. The guy who is going mad this March, Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian. Hello, Jeff. Man, this is, uh, I mean, I somewhat drink the Apple Kool-Aid, but I'm on a new uh, laptop and it's got the Force Touch trackpad. That thing is dumb, but man, it's the future. It, it's is it, really dumb. Is it gold? Like a, Did you get a gold one? No, it's not the MacBook. I have a, it's a 13-inch MacBook Pro, which they updated with a minor speed boost, but it has the Force Touch. Um, ooh, I mean, don't I'm, get the, I've been, my understanding is if it's not gold, if it's not gold, it's garbage. That's my understanding. That's well, I've heard that what all I've that been... glitters is gold, so. <laughs> oh, a little little Prince reference. Um, well, I was thinking, uh, hey there, you're a rock star. Oh, well, it just shows who has better taste in music. All <laughs> right, everybody. Um, so we were supposed to have a uh, a guest this week that was a designer. Uh, I guess it was miscommunication. Something went wrong. But we are so lucky. As always, DLC is your downloadable Kanata, your downloadable Christian. But this week, DLC, DLC stands for dependable, last minute, and clutch. Because we have friend of the show jumping in last minute, helping us out this week, Anthony Taormina. Welcome back, sir. Thank you so much Thanks for doing for this. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to happy to come in at the last minute and save you guys, especially saving Spicer, who is my loving dear friend. Well, I thought there <laughs> so was going to be more to that sentence, but <laughs> there is not going to be more to that sentence. There's an asterisk. You all know it. There's an asterisk, but I will just say he's my loving, dear friend, and I'm always happy well, and, to help him, and I'm always happy to help you guys. Well, well little, we appreciate it very much. Little spoiler, actually, like Jeff, you know, friend slash co-host slash nemesis, Anthony's loving friend, asterisk, um, our wedding vows with my wife and I, she says, you know, to have and to hold, to cherish and love, and to nemesis. So, you know, little, uh, little known fact there. Well, we appreciate it. Anthony, of course, is from GameRant.com and has been on the show uh, before hanging out with us. We got a lot of news this week. That's why we wanted to make sure to get a third voice in here to sort of settle any arguments that may arise because this is a big, big week of news. Some, some, some megaton stuff hitting this week. Um, so let's get right to it, guys. Let's start the show the way we always do with Story of the Week. Story of the Week. It's the Story of the Week. Story of the week, of course, the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of gaming this week. And you can always submit stories for our consideration in this segment by using our hashtag. That's uh, DLCSOTW on the Twitters. 
or by visiting our subreddit. That's at 5x5dlc.reddit.com. Uh, lots of activity there this week. There's always a fun talk back for the episode that happened uh, with links to all the things we talked about. We have to thank uh, the guys that do that. And I should have his name on the top of my head. Topaz, that's our buddy, uh, doing that in real time usually every week, which is really, really cool. Uh, okay, Anthony, special guest, last minute, saving us, clutch, you get first pick. Mm -hmm. Big week of news. Uh, What is your story of the week? It's tough to choose from, but as a fan of Metal Gear Solid and that franchise and someone who's very much looking forward to Metal Gear Solid 5, I would say the story of the week is uh, Hideo Kojima and Konami, the publisher of Metal Gear, um, from way back, basically parting ways. Um, it seems like they're, it might not be uh, amicable, but they're splitting and you know, going forward, the two are not going to be working together. Yes, um, this yes. is this is craziness. This is um, Kojima, who has been synonymous with Konami. He was uh, joined Konami in 1986, which is insane that he's at that same company that entire time, responsible for some of the biggest hits the company has ever had. Obviously, synonymous with the Metal Gear Solid franchise. Uh, a guy who is notoriously um, what's the word to use an auteur uh, a person who has very outspoken opinions and very much a um, singular vision when it comes to games evidently there has been some sort of falling out with the company uh, that makes uh, Metal Gear Solid he has talked about how 5 is going to be the end of the series whatever it is it's the end of the series I think it's safe to say Konami is not interested in ending that cash cow. Uh, and um, you can read into what may have caused some of that rift. We obviously don't know any details. What we do know is that there was a joint statement released saying that uh, Kojima still will be 100% involved in the creation of Metal Gear Solid 5. He is not leaving now. He's going to see that game through to its release. Evidently, his contract is up in December. The game is supposed to be out in September. So the Phantom Pain will be safe as far as uh, having him at the head of it. But after that, they've already removed his name from the studio. It used to be called the Kojima Productions. Now it's called uh, L.A. Konami Studio. Um Wow, it seems it just seems like a big big deal. Uh, are you worried, Anthony, about about your Metal Gear Solid's franchise going forward? Um, to be honest, I'm not really too worried about. Uh, well, I'm I'm worried about Konami kind of squeezing more blood from the stone. I think Kojima stepping away, or he had said previously, this is going to be my last game. Yes, he said that before, but. I feel with the where the direction Metal Gear Solid Five is going, or where it seems like it's going, and that it's going to connect the older stuff, the big boss stuff, to the Solid Snake stuff, that that would be like a perfect endpoint. Um, so I'd be worried about Konami trying to get more Metal Gear Solid mileage out of that franchise. But I'm actually excited about Kojima leaving because it seems like it's going to be a chance for him to do something new and a chance for him to explore maybe some ideas outside of Metal Gear, which is something that he hasn't really had the opportunity to do since, I guess, 86. I mean, he's had some influence on other games. He was working on Silent Hill. I don't know if that's still happening, but yeah. seeing something new from him would be exciting. That's a great point. Silent Hill, uh, countdown to that cancellation. It was called Silent Hills. 
Uh, and uh, I can't imagine that project is going forward. Or if it is, it's not with him involved, which was, was sort of the the big marquee thing was that he was going to be making a Silent Hill. Uh, Christian, you are a huge Metal Gear Solid fan. Is are we are we able to look forward to some less guano crazy? <laughs> I can't say bat s crazy uh, Metal Gears in our future. Is 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 Metal Gear anything without Hideo Kojima involved? Well, we don't know yet, right? I mean, it certainly can be. You look back at other large franchise reboots and what happened to them, and um, you know, Donkey Kong Country was a pretty big shift for the Donkey Kong franchise back in the Super Nintendo days. And now I think it's one of the best platformers in Nintendo stable with Tropical Freeze on the Wii U being incredible. Another Nintendo example, Metroid Prime, total reboot, a reimagining of that franchise. And I think made one of the best Metroid games up there, you know, depending on the day you catch me, I either like Prime or Super Metroid better. And so I think some fresh blood into Metal Gear could do something awesome. There have been less successful reboots. Reboots. I liked Devil May Cry or DMC, but I understand some fans, you know, did not think that it was a good reimagining of that franchise. I think Metal Gear Solid Five. I hope, will be good. I've liked Kojima's games, but I also think getting someone new in on it could be awesome and exciting. And I also let think me, getting... Uh, let like, me just... Let me Go just ahead. challenge you on that point, though, real quick, because you, you make a big assumption there that just having a new blood means it's going to be a reboot of some kind that, it, that it'll be we don't know that no, i think no, no, i think no. a, it doesn't need to be a reboot i'd mean getting a, a fresh perspective on it metroid prime but we is don't not know a that it'll be different metroid wouldn't it well, but, right but it was a completely different direction i think a much worse vision of this is that they try to create the same the same games without that singular voice isn't that more worrisome well that's that's worrisome yeah i was looking at a positive the spin on yeah. this and I don't I think it's you know it's we're obviously uh, making an ass out of ourselves through our assumptions but I don't think it's safer to assume that someone's going to try to mimic Kojima and try to create a Kojima game and, and you know be Kojima Jr. I think the chance of that happening is just as likely as someone coming in and saying you know what it's my time to shine and I'm going to put my stamp on this franchise and do what I've always wanted to do with it and maybe they bring it back to Metal Gear roots and an isometric perspective and it's more stealth, uh, even more stealth oriented in, you know, you have to plan your route because you can see the whole map ahead. I mean, there are tons of things that this franchise has hinted at and done over the years that a new producer, director, creative vision could could do to it. I don't think someone's going to come in and just try to make a, a Kojima Metal Gear. I think to me that sets yourself up for failure. I mean, it's like what J.J. did with Star Trek. Yeah, he got some flack for it not being quote-unquote Star Trek, but he didn't come in and try to remake Star Trek. You know what I mean? He made his own vision with these characters, and I think it's usually easier to separate yourself from prior works if you go that route. Yeah, I think artistically that's a, that's the safer move, but I think from a company's perspective, I think Konami wants to keep giving the people what they want, and it, it seems to me more likely that the scenario was, and obviously we're reading in and making lots of assumptions, but it seems to me much more likely that the scenario was Kojima saying, let's not make any more of these. Konami saying, we want to make lots more of these and him going, well, I want to leave. And they go, well, if you leave, then don't let the door hit you on the way out. And so they want to continue making more of the exact same game. And they're just going to, you know, keep as much of the team as they can doing those types of games. And we get this sort of watered down, 
lifeless version although maybe it is better i don't know i think his games are a little insane and there's a potential for these to be better i just don't think there's anything in here to read into um there being this kind of fresh face on it i don't know if that's really uh likely uh interestingly anthony Anthony, are you still there yeah i'm here can you tie break Uh, which slide are you on um I th- I think <laughs> <laughs> I I think that uh I I would I would like the the series to end to be honest. I think for me personally the Metal Gear stuff is is I'm sold on it based purely on Kojima. I think there are very few names in gaming who are synonymous with their franchises and the way that Kojima he he basically is Metal Gear. Where Metal Gear is crazy and out there, he is the same way. He likes to he created a fake studio and a fake game to announce Metal Gear Solid 5. So I I I would like I would rather it just end and see see that go away than them try and keep going. Well, that's not going to really, happen. <laughs> there's an well, interesting no, but it's just like you know there aren't there aren't many uh like the auteur auteur theory in games is not as prevalent but i think having kojima involved with the game is what makes the games uh the way they are there are like maybe a handful of people it's like bioshock continuing without ken levine a lot of people are now going to be really suspect of that um, that was called bioshock 2 <laughs> what's well, true uh, and it was actually pretty decent, so that kind of refutes my my point. But <laughs> yeah, it, I think well, I play Metal Gear partially partially for the gameplay, but also because the story is so crazy. I just want to see it. And without Kojima, I'd, I don't I don't want to see how Konami tries to like copy him. And I know they are going to. There's an interesting comment in, in the chat room here from Pastor M. Titus who says, Will Kojima go the Kickstarter route, a la the creator of Mega Man, and create a new Metal Gear Solid with slightly different names, but the same concept? So, would you guys want to see something like uh, Iron Crank Substantial <laughs> from, <laughs> from Kojima? Um, or do you want him just completely go in a new direction? I think I'd like he's done. new stuff. Yeah, I think I think new stuff. I'd love... I'd love to see his take on a Western, like Red Dead Kojima could be crazy. Like what are other worlds where crazy and pulp and pomp and flash and all that stuff exists. But I I mean, let the man, let the man be happy for a little bit. Whatever he wants to make, I say go make. And I don't think he'll need to go Kickstarter. I don't think Mega, something like Mega Man is a little more of a publisher risk. I I know that seems stupid because we all want Mega Man, but the 2D platformer scroller shooter type of thing versus hi i've made the last a million metal gears a publisher is going to pick him up right if he wants oh to. yeah no yeah. he's not going to be in trouble and he's not going to have to worry about putting out a game everybody's going to want to put out his next game i'm just curious is this is this like freedom let's see him you know come out with his mobile endless runner game <laughs> or or uh you know or is it going to be like oh dude it's just i just wish kojima was still making metal gear solid games <laughs> i don't know i think it's going to be that i think it's going to be because it seems like you know there are other people that say oh i hate that this guy is is bogged down and keeping him keep having to make these games but I think everybody, or at least me personally, in the sense I get, 
is that a lot of people want Kojima to keep making Metal Gear forever. Yeah, chain him up, misery style, make him <laughs> yeah. keep going. Well, he's he just you know he's he's done this thing where he's created so many loose threads and vague details that everybody wants all the resolution they can possibly have, and yeah, they're never going to get it. I tell you this though, if he did go to Kickstarter, he would get all the money. <laughs> all yes. the money would happen would be thrown at him. Uh, which is interesting. It's probably still less than it takes to make a Metal Gear Solid game, but <laughs> it takes more than all the money. Um, yeah, fascinating story. It's going to be interesting to see as the game gets closer to release and the you know PR kicks into gear. Uh, what what's going to happen? There's this weird media blackout happening right now where people's emails and uh, Twitter accounts are being blocked by the company. They're not allowed to talk in any way about this. Like, you know, Kojima is is the front face of this franchise and is usually there to help promote it when it when it hits. Right. So how is that going to go? It's going to be really interesting to see over the next few months. Christian. What is your story of the week? Got to be this Nintendo news that dropped right after uh, last week's episode. Nintendo partnering with, is it DNA? Is it Dena? I think it's DNA, right? That it's seems pronounced dumb. DNA, yeah, yeah. That's so yeah. dumb. Um, <laughs> to create mobile games. And in the same press release, they're like, we're creating mobile uh, announcement, press conference, I should say. Uh, not only are we creating mobile games, but we're making a new console, you guys, and it's Codenamed NX, also codenamed a way cooler name than the console will actually be named. Nintendo needs to codename their system the GameCube and then have it come out as the Dolphin. <laughs> they always have <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> really cool imaginative code names. Um, so yeah, a new Nintendo IP will be developed for smart devices. Um, they're not going to look to necessarily port existing games over, but it'll be new games using Nintendo franchises. DNA has um, uh, a proud publishing history of a lot of development of free-to-play games, but they've gone on record. Nintendo has said that, you know, free-to-play as currently viewed is a negative thing and there's a good way to do it. They need to value their customers, which in Nintendo's, you know, to Nintendo's credit, they've done a pretty good job so far of, of upholding that vision, right? I mean, aside from they iterate on their consoles every couple of years or handhelds, but they don't force you to buy things. They do a pretty good job of putting a lot of value into their games and not nickel and diming you the way, you know, recently Evolve has and, and other publishers have. So I think, I don't think they're going to try to be horrible. Uh, the question is the slippery slope is if Endless Runner Mario becomes a huge hit and is raking in, you know, whatever those war games, those uh, Kate Upton games are, you know, Super Bowl ad money. Um, will Nintendo not make a new Mario Galaxy or what have you and focus more on that when you're a public company and you have investors to answer to? And then the hardware codenamed NX, they say, you know, we're making it, but you won't see it till next year. It's too early to elaborate on the details, blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. I mean, is, people have been clamoring for Nintendo to, one, go third party, or two, unleash their properties on mobile did this announcement get you excited, Jeff? Are you like, finally Nintendo has woken up? Or is this an eye roll? Uh, it's, I don't think either one. I think it's somewhere in the middle. Um, I, I think let's, let's parse these one at a time. So first of all, you brought up the, um, 
the mobile games thing. You know, I think the the key quote here from Iwata is, uh, if you report that we will release Mario on smart devices, it would be a completely misleading statement. Which, of course, every news story that you see on the internet is someone's smart device, it's a picture of someone's smart device with Mario on it, right? Um, and I think that's the easy jump to is like, oh, Nintendo's making iOS games. We're going to see Super Mario, Metroid, Zelda on iOS and Android, which we may. They say that they're not restricting those, but I feel like that's not what this story is at all. They certainly don't want to eat their own lunch. I don't think that you're going to see these games ported in any way. You're not going to see previous titles coming to, you know, like um, like Squaresoft was doing with, with Final Fantasy and stuff, just porting stuff over. Um, I think there are lots of IP that Nintendo has that would work really well on an iOS device, like Advance Wars. Like, if you give me a new iOS Advance Wars, I'm all over that. But I think more likely what you'll see is Nintendo-branded, Nintendo-level of quality stamped onto completely new games. And I don't think they have any desire to undercut their own 3DS and their own other devices by just porting stuff and uh, or even making sort of um, parallel experiences on other devices. I need I to think hot maybe you a little bit. Though. You said completely new games. What what do you mean? Like things, think, no one's not an endless runner, not advanced wars, not like a hundred percent new thing that's never existed before. That's with no. the new IP. Well, I'm I'm thinking it's more new IP than it is new things that never existed before. I don't. I'm not saying they're going to reinvent the wheel on the iOS. I'm just saying they're going to. I think it's the first, at least the first wave of games from Nintendo on iOS devices will be new characters and new things and stuff that it's not going to be Donkey Kong on an iOS device. I I don't think that's what they are intending to do in any way. I think you oh, may man. see some of those characters down the road, but I think more likely you'll find it'll be Hey, Nintendo is create, has high quality production teams. They're going to oversee stuff at D- DNA and they're going to create games that are really high quality on these mobile devices, but they're made for mobile experiences. That's my, that's my reading of this news. And I, mean, I think, go ahead. You were right about Rock Band. So, so far, our prediction, uh, beginning of the year, Jeff Kanata is, you know, king of the hill, but Nintendo, so, Nintendo's finally going to dive into new IP in a serious way, and they're going to be doing it on mobile. I almost feel like that's air quote worse <laughs> than if they made. But they're they're only partnering with this company, right? This company is going to create stuff, yeah. and they're going to sort of be involved at, at a certain level. It's not like it's not like the team that's making Mario Galaxy is going to all of a sudden halt everything and start making a, a mobile game. That's not what this news is, right? This is this is they are partnering with a company that already makes mobile games, and they're lending use of potential IP and sort of design oversight to them. And I think that that's, I think this is much less about what the fanboys think it is than, than what you might be led to believe. What is your take, Anthony? Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, I actually think that what, or I, I believe that what Nintendo is trying to do, I think they will borrow from their IP, but I think they're trying to move away from, eShop 
style games and putting those on 3ds and wii u and then saying look we can open it up to an even bigger market these aren't these games aren't demanding for 3ds they aren't demanding for wii u necessarily let's give somebody else the ability to take what we are doing eShop wise and or like downloadable title wise and just put it on mobile so letting somebody else take mario and making a a smart small disposable game that might be good for you know a few bus rides and instead of having that be five dollars on 3ds it's five dollars on ios and android um that's just my real real take on it uh, based on the news is that they're especially with that iwata quote him saying that you probably won't see Mario. I, I take that to mean like, look, we're just going to say, hey, if you can come up with a game that might fit within our wheelhouse, put it on mobile and st- instead of us putting it on our other platforms. Well, uh, ETH Demon in the chat is saying that I'm wrong, that Nintendo said they are making them the games themselves. Um, so perhaps I uh, misread that. But... Either way, I feel like you're not going to get a raft of of these Nintendo IP that we know and love on iOS immediately. I just don't see that happening. They, they're selling 3ds as well. Um, if you know, if if you want the conspiracy theory version of this, I would say that um, because the old the the new 3ds or the 3ds at all uh, <laughs> changed the way the emphasis is from the bottom touch screen to the top non touch screen that there's a whole, there's a whole bunch of games that where you use the main screen as touch that they can't make anymore. And they're making yeah. those now for iOS devices <laughs> and Android, but I don't that's think that's funny. really true. Canvas. Curse yeah, I, th- to I, I think that's, that's really they're going for is is oh we don't have touch anymore we've moved away from touch hey phones can do touch let's put our games on phones yeah um it's going to be interesting it's going to be interesting now okay take away what you think is going to happen what do you want to happen christian are you like are you itching to download a game onto your phone that is a nintendo game do you want to do that not particularly i've moved away from phone and tablet gaming in a in a pretty big way i keep zen pinball on there and that's about all that i go into and play um from time to time i'll still play cannibalt um if i'm bored but most of the time if i have a little bit of time to kill i'm catching up on emails or twitter or facebook or something like that and i also have my vita and my new 3ds that i love and bring with me when i know i'm going to be you know out and about for more than waiting at a doctor's office i don't love ios or android gaming i'm not a huge fan of it i know there are some interesting experiences out there and hearthstone certainly you know was a compelling experience there as well but for me it's not something i gravitate towards i do think it's interesting that everyone had been calling on nintendo to do this but if they do it and they do it well they're really the first one of the big three to go this route like yeah sony had a god of war on flip phones a long time ago and you know, Microsoft has has put out things, um, Halo, not Halo Wars, whatever it was, you know, the top-down twin-stick shooter and other things. But if Nintendo really dives into this, um, it might be another example of, you know, Nintendo not necessarily pioneering, but revolutionizing, um, making money as a as a large publisher. What about you, Anthony? Are you uh, anxious to play? What, what What is your vision of how this would be best uh, implemented? It's it's tough to say, you know, 
for me personally, because I'm like Christian, I I used to be a pretty avid consumer of downloadable mobile games, but I've kind of lost interest. There's just so many other things going on, and the 3DS has got a solid lineup now, so if I am going to be out and about and I would like to play a game and I would like to sit down and take the, a game, I think I would go that route or the Vita route with remote play or even playing a Vita game, what few there are. Um, but as far as what I would like to see from Nintendo, it, it's hard to say specifically. I think maybe I, I'm, I might be interested to see them I guess the the main thing I would be interested in seeing is is old ports of games like you know whatever they could fit on a mobile version I I know that's not something that they necessarily said they were doing but if you could get me like a legit version of old Mario games or old Metroid and make it run on my iPhone I might be really into that yeah, virt- virtual controller is a no bueno for yeah, me. Yeah, that's as true. Uh, that that's very true. But I, I that's that's really like the only thing that would get me excited. I'm not particularly interested in the mobile stuff. I know I'm not the key demographic for that, and I can acknowledge that. But that would be the only thing that would get me going. I suspect this has a lot to do with mind share of children. You know, with the the use of of phones and iPod touches uh, by young kids and the fact that Nintendo is so focused on, on, you know, having these characters embraced by young kids. It's, you know, I don't think that they want to undercut their own handheld market because it's doing well, but it certainly wouldn't hurt to have, you know, you, you play on your 3DS and then you have your app that you know, uses the same characters in certain ways uh, and you're you're getting bombarded with that IP on all levels and you, you know, you're in that ecosystem and you're you're the Disneyfication of of Nintendo characters and and IP. I suspect that has a lot to do with it as well. So um, let's uh, let's take a quick break and thank our sponsor, Squarespace, Squarespace supporting the show since the beginning. We love Squarespace. I use it. Every day I have my my own website, jeffcanada.com, housed on Squarespace. Squarespace, it's the easiest way to create beautiful websites, blogs, an online store. Super easy for you to make an online store if you have anything to sell. Anything you want to put online, Squarespace is the best way to do it. I'm speaking from experience. I have been using it for years. It's simple, it's powerful, and it looks Great. They have 24-7 support. So if you have any issues, you can talk to them via chat or email. And it's inexpensive. For only eight bucks a month, you get a free domain name if you buy it for a year. And we're going to hook you up with 10% off your first order just by using our promo code. If you go to squarespace.com slash DLC and use the promo code Jeff sent me, we're going to hook you up with 10% off your first order. But the better news is you can try out their service and build a website and use their tools and see how really easy it is to make everything look cool and unique and interesting all for free. That's without even entering your credit card at any point in the process. You do not have to enter your credit card until you have decided you want this for uh, for sure. And that's the, really the best, the best thing I can say about Squarespace is they're so confident with their stuff that they'll let you use it without 
even being on the hook for any kind of automatic payment or anything. Just check it out. Go to squarespace.com slash DLC. Use that promo code Jeff sent me. Find out if it's for you, if it's something that's gonna gonna fit your needs. I'm sure it will. They let you throw in uh, online store with every website. So if you have anything to sell, if, even if it's a temporary thing, you just throw it up. If you have a just an idea you wanna put up as, as one page, they have this cool thing called cover pages. These beautiful one page online presences that let you, you know, if you got, uh, like a, you know, a school thing you need to put up just for a few days or whatever it is. It is the easiest, most cool looking, simple to use way to create any kind of online presence. Squarespace.com slash DLC with the promo code Jeff sent me to get 10% off your first order. Squarespace. And they say build it beautiful. Um, yeah, guys. So, okay. So we talked about mobile Nintendo. Let's get to the other half of this story, which is Nintendo's got a new console. It's called NX and that's all we know about it. So we're going to get into wild speculation territory. Um, you could easily say Sony has a new console. It's called PS (laughs) five and it's coming someday. Um, Microsoft has a new console. I mean, obviously, all of these companies are working on their next steps all the time. It's interesting that Nintendo has put this out publicly and to to their shareholders. And uh, it certainly leads me to believe that it will be here sooner than those other two companies' next efforts. Uh, But of course, Nintendo has been, you know, behind the curve as far as tech. And certainly the Wii U is not selling like gangbusters. So perhaps they want to turn that over and get into their next generation sooner than later. What do you guys make of this? Uh, Anthony NX, what do you want to see? Are you, uh, are you ready for Nintendo's virtual reality console? Is that what we need this to be? Or, or what, what would you like? Um, I will say that if you had asked me in like November, if I was excited for this, I would have said absolutely. But I just bought a Wii U in December. So hearing <laughs> Nintendo say we're working on a new console is like, I uh, I bought the uh, the iPhone like right when it came out, and it's like the, I have the same feeling of you know when Apple cut the price. I have the same feeling of Nintendo saying like, "Here, we've got a new thing." It's like, well, I just bought the thing that you just made worth buying. Why are you doing well, this? Well, this will to be me? a lot farther off than Apple's next thing. Yeah, no, sure. ab- absolutely no. I I acknowledge that, but just having them talk about the next thing when I just bought the current thing is kind of uh, deflating. But as far as uh, my excitement, I. I don't know. There's so many potential possibilities with this thing uh, that it's not necessarily like a Wii U successor, that it's not a PS4, Xbox One competitor. There's some rumors that it's like a combination console handheld, like a 3DS Wii U hybrid. Could right. be VR, like you said. There, there are so many different ways, but I'm excited because it seems like Nintendo, the the poor sales of the Wii U out of the gate have kind of, have kind of shook them out of their uh, stupor, and they're really in this place where they're proactive. So I want to see. I I'm excited to see what this NX is. What it. I think we have moved past the Nintendo where they come out on a nice big press conference and say, you know, we know what's great better than we Wii U. Now they're going to say, you know, what's what's better? We've listened. We or at least I hope you know that they will say we've listened and we know what you want now and here's what it is it's nx i personally don't know what it is but i'm excited for them to show me 
what they believe that is. Christian, you are now a converted official Nintendo fanboy. So I've never not been a, been a fan. They'd always just continue. They, they really make it hard for you to be one. Um, my hope again, knowing that Nintendo might just pull something out of their bum, right? Total left field, uh, vitality sensor never came to market. We nunchucks, we moats, you know, they, they take risks. They do things that people can't predict. But of the things that have been rumored, I would not be interested in Nintendo VR set. I'm not super interested in VR. Um, I like the idea of the one console thing where it's handheld and, you know, you have like a fire TV, you know, type dongle or whatever for your television. And then when you're home, you zap it over and you get to play it on the big screen. I think it's possible to make a very high powered device that is portable and, you know, maybe... 3DS XL, new 3DS XL screen sized or, you know, Vita sized. So it's portable, but still a good size screen to play on. And then when you get home, you get to put it up on the big screen and it up automatically, you know, takes full advantage of the game is programmed to look beautiful at 1080p. And now you're playing on that screen if you want. I really, really like that idea. I like that idea that I'm not buying Smash for 3DS and Smash for Wii U and, you know, Mario Kart 7 and Mario Kart 8, you get one version of the game that the teams are working on, so hopefully you get more of these great games coming out, and you don't need to be worried about, you know, is the best Zelda game the one on the 3DS or the one that's coming on the Wii U, or which version do you want to play, or I have a Wii U so I don't get to play Advanced Wars. I really, really like the idea of them um, combining those two platforms into one, and I think we're at a point from a power perspective where it's possible to do without having a horribly atrocious battery life. That gets me excited. But you probably hate that idea, Jeff, because I don't know why. You still hate Nintendo. I don't. I don't hate Nintendo. never have. Uh, I just don't – wouldn't like this next thing to, to – to be or even appear to be a half step. I feel like since the Wii, it's been a series of half steps and they iterate in strange ways. The new 3DS, it's a half step better than the 3DS. Uh, the Wii U, it's, uh, you know, it actually is a whole new console, but it sort of feels like a half step after the Wii. It, I would like whatever this is to be a full generational iteration, uh, which, which sounds fun to say, generational iteration. Um, but I could definitely see it falling into more like what you're talking about of like, it's this weird hybrid of both of these things that you already have and it's both now together and you can do one, which is kind of a cool idea. Yeah. Plug a dongle into your TV and use your thing. I can say this for certain. I, I, well, I assume I'm predicting this is certain. (laughs) I think this is the last time you'll hear the words NX for over a year. I don't think they're going to mention it again. I don't think it's going to be completely radio silent. I don't, I think it's going to be mid 2016 before anybody at Nintendo even references this thing. So I think this is a whole lot of Sturm and Drong for, for nothing. We're going to be, yeah, everybody is working on their next thing. They're just talking about to, to their shareholders. We got this new thing. It's going to, we're working on it. There's going to be more stuff. Don't worry. Wii U is not just because it's selling bad. It's not the end of the world. So I think that's the, it's the answer to, hey, why doesn't Nintendo get out of that hardware game? Uh, this is that. This is, hey, we're working on our next piece of hardware, guys. So we're not getting out that game. Uh, that's just my take, but uh, we shall see. Um, anybody else have any 
final no, thoughts I, on that? I, I agree. I think I mentioned it when I brought up the stories. <laughs> I, I think they only announced it now because it coincided with the mobile release and they wanted, I think uh, Gordy Man said this in the chat too, it's just kind of like, hey, we're doing mobile, but hey, don't worry, we're still doing this console thing. It was meant to just alleviate those fears. I think it will come a little sooner than what you're predicting, Jeff, but I've been saying that for a while and you know, I'd love to be wrong, but I, I think it was going to come a little sooner. Was it you on our prediction show that predicted the next Nintendo console? Or was it somebody else? No, that was me on Crazy Predictions. I think that you could yeah. see something drop. Yeah. That was, uh, that was, I, I think I mocked you for that and I should, uh, apologize, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else on that, Anthony, or can we, can we move on? Oh, we can move on. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm with both of you guys in the respect of like, that's great that they're announcing it. I'm not expecting anything new. New. I yeah. still want Zelda Wii U, so please don't try and sell me anything else. <laughs> <laughs> right, no kidding. Um, okay, well, those are two um, clearly the stories of the week. Those are those are pretty big deals. Uh, the Kojima news and the Nintendo news. Uh, so you guys leave me with uh, slim pickings for my for really a contender. So I'm going to go with a uh, just a favorite. Uh, did you guys see this video that Magic Leap released? You know how I loves me that VR and that AR. Uh, they put out a video of this crazy shooter concept that uh, this is Magic Leap. This is the company that Google infe- invested $500 million into. Um, so theoretically, we're going to have yet another contender in this already crowded space. But the video that they showed is pretty, pretty rad. Um, I'm you know, pretty fairly certain that this is, uh, all CG and not based on an actual, any, you know, kind of capture of actual concept, but they certainly were cagey about whether it is or not. The idea is it's first person, somebody's sitting down at a computer and they're like, you know, in a VR space and they're plucking out, uh, YouTube videos and sticking them on their computer and plucking out their Gmail and sticking it in the air, uh, and sort of expanding their computer monitor, uh, into the physical space around them, which is already pretty cool. A a pretty cool idea of how virtual reality, uh, UI could work. I, I already got excited just seeing that, but then the person gets up, walks over to a table and all of a sudden a bunch of guns appear like laser pistols appear on the table out of thin air and they look photorealistic and they look like they belong there. And he picks up one and starts um, walking around his real world. And then all of a sudden, of course, a portal opens and crazy alien robot cyborgs from the future start infesting his actual cubicle and he starts blasting at them and they're hiding behind the cubicle walls that exist in real the real world. And so he pulls out a, a, a turret that he ex- assembles in the space and it's all very seamless interacting with the real world and the 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 digital space um i thought it looked rad i think it's probably all cg but uh christian did you get a chance to see this yeah how does this get you so excited and when we talked about um hololens you were like not as good as oculus it's no HoloLens. i didn't say that I didn't say that. Don't Hold put on. I'm words in up, my mouth. I'm, I'm super excited for HoloLens. I'm going to pull up the clip. This is from episode... And this is it. Right. Let me just... Oh, I'm Jeff Ganada, and I think HoloLens is stupid, and I love Oculus. Uh, so, I mean, I... Okay. Uh, I will admit that that, that sounds... That sounds exactly <laughs> like my voice. I will admit to that. Okay. I don't know how you managed to pull that off, but 
that is not something I have said or ever will say. No, I, am, I could were, not be more excited for HoloLens. But I, I think this is correct, that you were more psyched for VR than AR. And HoloLens is a more AR. Because I was saying, I think no, with HoloLens, you can expand the field. True. Really? Okay, I said so, if I had to buy one today, I'm, I would probably buy... Uh, one of the VR ones, just because I'm more excited for gaming. But I, I could not be more, ex- dude. If you actually go back and listen to that episode, I was bouncing out of my chair. I think it was my story of the week. Well, of course it was. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> just so like this one is misrepresentation <laughs> of my position aside. What, what are you? What's your take on it? Um, this video is super <laughs> slick, and the the team that put it together should all be given raises and promotions. And they said they're gonna, you know, they were gonna show it at their TED talk, right? Um, right, and then is, he canceled that. Right, yeah. Oops, because we can't show that because it ain't real. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if this is real and works like this, holy moly, this is, we are in the GD future, right? Like, this is incredible. There's no way this is real. I, I look forward to living in this world. I don't know what, you know, dorky headset that this person is using in this video um, and how big the battery backpack is or whatever, but stuff like this, yeah, is super exciting. I think AR... Um, types of interactions like this that look seamless and actually fill your world are super exciting. I mean, <laughs> I could just see like the the gamer and non-gamer married couple and the gamer's like, uh, babe, I really like this house. No, sweetie, we're not going to get this house. This house is full of crates that you have to push and arrange. And why is there a lava flow? I know, sweetheart, you don't understand. No, babe, we are not getting this house. <laughs> I think that... I think that you. I thought you were going to say that uh, you can imagine the couple where the the wife is, or I don't know, we're being gender specific, but whatever. The wife is sitting there uh, unhappy as the husband runs around, <laughs> pretending to shoot things around her, and like uh, that's just. No, that I was just, saying that you want to the the gamer spouse would want to buy the house that is intricate, set up for awesome level design. You go over, hey right. Jeff, come over. I'm not going to your house. You don't have a new. Le- your house has been the same for four years. Boring. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> moving is called dlc (laughs) (laughs) anthony what did you get a chance to see this video i did um it's it's really cool and i like you guys i i think it is uh it's a potential future i i can't overlook the weta workshop logo over it and just seeing you know a cg house having prepared it or at least worked in in part on it but mm-hmm. if this is really the future of gaming or a potential offshoot of gaming, that seems awesome because I will say that when I first got my 3DS and I put those little AR cards down on the table, I thought it would be dumb, but it was actually really exciting. And something like that, especially the end when uh, in the, of the video where like a giant tank smashes through the wall, I can imagine you know just turning to whatever wall is near me and seeing that. And if it looked somewhat convincing that would be more exciting to me than a lot of the games that are around. Just having that sensory feel of seeing something actually coming towards you, the depth. Uh, I actually might go so far as to say I would be more interested in something like that uh, than VR, potentially. Something that messes around with the, the world around me more, more than something where I'm in a virtual space. So um, according to Christian, you hate AR. That's the that's the, uh, course, the yes. Christian translation. Um, yeah, talk about world of tanks, right? You got you got wall yeah. tanks. Oh man, that, yeah, that's that, uh, that's amazing, awesome. Um, in the chat here, LM10 says VR and Hots every single week. Yeah, LM10, I got to be me. 
I got to be me. This is my show. I'm talking about what I what I love, and it's VR and hots every single week. So get used to it. That's why we have other people on the show so they can balance things out. Um, the other uh, thing that I was kind of maybe considering as far as a story of the week is that hey guys, uh, remasters are still a thing. We're still doing that. Because we got a whole bunch of announcements this week that God of War Remastered is coming to PS4, and also uh, the Batman Arkham games are coming to the next-gen uh, PS4 and Xbox One, or current-gen, I should say, uh, Arkham Asylum and Arkham City. So we're still doing that. We're still taking yeah. games and up them to 1080p. Um, sounds like the God of War, at least is going to be a higher res textures. It's going to be 60 frames per second. They say thousands of dynamic lights and four times the texture resolution for God of War three. Uh, are you excited for your remastering in the world of it's already in HD games? Um, guys, what do you think? Anthony? No, thank you. No, thank you. I, I, I mean, before when it was like this novel idea of, Ooh, it's a chance to play. Shadow of the Colossus and Eco, or or Sly as like a complete collection, but now it seems like we're doing this thing to keep the franchise in your mind because we have something new coming. You know the Arkham stuff, so that Arkham Knight is still hot. I think the Arkham stuff is so that they can package all three together this Christmas into some sort of Arkham collection and forget that Arkham Origins exists exists. Mm-hmm. Um, and then God of War 3, I think, is so that when they announce God of War 4, that people are familiar, you know, the new people that are jumping on board, I don't know, younger gamers, even though I don't think they should be playing God of War. Uh, you know, it, it's keeping the franchises relevant. It's They did Master Chief Collection partly for fans, but partly because Halo 5 is on the way. And so I'm not really a fan of the practice. Uh and having played a lot of these games, very few of them, really only The Last of Us Remastered stands out in my mind as like, this was a good idea. Everything else is like, yep, played it. Okay. Looks a little better. Yeah. Well, when we heard that uh, that Uncharted 4 was getting delayed, I think there was a lot of speculation as to what was going to be the PS4's big Christmas release. And I think some people at least were wondering if perhaps we were going to get a big E3 reveal of the new God of War coming out this Christmas. Do you think that having a remastered God of War 3 coming out in July is makes that more likely or less likely? I think less likely. I think it's it's the stopgap. I, I would assume that Sony, if they in- announce Uncharted so early, um, and I think, you know, let's be honest, they had it in the back of their minds, we're probably going to delay this thing. Um I would think that they would have announced God of War 4 a while ago if it was planned for a holiday release. Uh, I still think at E3 they will say, look, one's coming. I really don't know what Sony has planned for the fall now Yeah, now that Uncharted is out. But I think, yeah, God of War, they're just trying to keep that franchise. But I don't think that's what this is indicating at, at like a fall release necessarily. I'd like to be surprised, though. That'd be awesome. Christian, what do you think, man? Getting, I mean, I getting think, God of War this year or no? This is well, no. I don't think we're going to get God of War four this year. I do think Jeff, this is a the right time for us to announce that this episode that we're in the middle of right now is DLC episode sixty six. But starting with episode sixty seven, it will actually just be a remastered of episode four. 
So if you haven't <laughs> listened to that yet, you know, the audio is going to, we've updated some bumpers. It'll actually, have all the new bumpers. Actually, if you, if you go back and listen to episode four, it could use some audio remastering. <laughs> it's, uh, I think we had, uh, well, we're going to give it to you. There. And it's only going to be $40. So that's the main issue for me with these things is I don't think the value add is there. Last gen, you were getting the God of War Saga uh, collection. I bought that and I don't regret it at all because it was every God of War game. And I think I bought it for $25, you know, a month or two after release. It went down very quickly. Uh, Anthony mentioned the Sly collection. It's the Sly collection. All of the Sly games uh, updated and made HD. God of War Ico was two games together. And now you're getting God of War 3? What? Yeah. Get get the heck out of here. You're getting Borderlands 2? Where's Borderlands 1? What happened to Borderlands? There's a great PC build of Borderlands 1. I mean, it. that's the biggest slap in the face for me is that you're getting these one game for more than the cost of what you're getting these collections for. And I think the amount of work they put into these other collections on the last gen was substantial too. It wasn't as if they just slapped things together. And while a Master Chief collection deserves the you know the online uh, railing it's getting for the online play being broken for so long, that was an ambitious product that had real value add, and it was all of the games. It was the Master Chief collection. It wasn't just Halo 2 Anniversary. And that, yeah. to me, is the real shake-your-head moment at these things. And, and I do think it is a little bit of a stopgap that, for whatever reason, these companies aren't able to get games out as fast as they maybe thought they could. Because, you know, if you're a Nintendo, of course you know there should be a Zelda game for your system. That's what people want. People want an Uncharted. They want a God of War. They want a Halo. They want a Gears. And it's just <laughs> taking a really long time for these games to come out. But it is. I mean, this gen, PS4, Xbox One gen... It's earning its reputation as being a joke because so many of these things are coming. I mean, especially games like Tomb Raider, great game, but like the definitive edition, the remaster came out two months after the game came out. It's just, (laughs) it's pretty ridiculous in my opinion. I got to give props to this zinger in the chat room. The guru said that if we're going to remaster any of our episodes, we should just start with last week <laughs> because of all the audio issues we had last week. Sorry, so I was at a, a callback audition for them. I clearly did not book because I had anything in a week. But if I had booked it, it would have paid me handsomely. And I, I brought my car. I thought I could have it set up in the car. And it uh, I know. But uh, kudos to everyone at 5x5. The RSS version of that uh, sounds pretty great. I went back and listened. That's the best part of me missing the show is I got to listen to you, um, you know, be wrong about stuff. (laughs) (laughs) As is my want. All right. So that's going to do it for uh, news this week. Let's get to our playlist. Anthony, what is on your playlist this week? Uh, on my playlist this week is Battlefield Hardline, uh, mm. the cops versus robbers spinoff from uh, the proper Battlefield modern military shooter franchise. Are you able to play it? I heard there was a DDoS attack uh, when it was released. Um, I I played on PS4. I, I apparently the DDoS attack was on Xbox. I've had minimal trouble uh, i really haven't been dropped from a game that i can recall i probably put about 10 hours into the multiplayer um in addition to it's it's about eight hours for the single player um yeah no no issues of battlefield 4 magnitude 
whatsoever so far. You know, fingers still crossed, but yeah, I, I kind of feel like DICE in fixing Battlefield 4 basically saved Hardline or, you know, prepared Hardline. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so far, so far, so good. And and the game, but the game itself is, it's okay. It's decent. Um, <laughs> okay. High praise. <laughs> yeah. It, it's- well, it's the, so I think one of the things that they don't really uh, sell very well in the marketing or the trailers is that the game is very stealth oriented. Uh, because you're a cop, you have this mechanic where you can freeze enemies and that essentially like makes them drop their weapons and stand still and then you can walk up and handcuff them. And you can do that to any between one and three enemies. You kind of have to keep your gun trained on everybody so it has a little dynamic feel to it. And I think that's a really interesting idea in practice, but for a shooter franchise that is built on like all this exciting explosive action, it's a little it gets a little tedious after a while. It's a cool idea, but then when you realize the game is is kind of relying on it a little too much or encourages it a little too much, it detracts from it. Um, mm-hmm. it it is it is weird belief that they had put that in there and didn't really uh, sell it that way, but I think they kind of shied away from selling the story altogether. Uh, And the multiplayer is where it's at. And the multiplayer, I think, is is pretty solid overall. It's not necessarily anything new. They kind of repurpose modes for a cops versus robbers idea. So, like, uh, capture the point is cars it's called the mode is called hot wire so you're driving around in cars and you're like in car chases and you're banking points and doing what you do while holding a point except you're driving around in a car so i think there are some cool ideas but the multiplayer overall feels like it's i don't want to say it's battlefield 4 like suburban cop dlc but it kind of is mm-hmm. uh but that could be a good thing right that could be a kind of a cool yeah, thing it's it's cool, and I think anybody that has enjoyed Battlefield and just wants something a little different, especially on the multiplayer side, the single player is a, has a little more questions, but I think anybody that likes Battlefield um, will enjoy it. But if you've grown tired of the franchise or Battlefield 4 kind of pushed you away, I don't think this is going to bring you back. Hmm. Interesting. Um, anything else on your on your playlist? Um, I play. I finished Hotline Miami too, which I think is uh, it's a it's a really good sequel. Uh, I love the music. I think the music is incredible. Maybe even better than what's in Hotline Miami One. But they make the levels bigger, and that was a huge problem for me getting shot from people that I couldn't see on the screen. Uh, it's very kind of in, in what your field of view is, and you can kind of view forward, but you really can't see certain enemies and that felt a little cheap, but uh, overall I think the game is really cool. Love the look and feel of it and the gameplay loop of just go in, learn, learn how to, you know, manipulate the AI that is a little dumb, but it works to your advantage is, is still really addicting. I'd play another one for sure. This is my public uh, it, it, hope for, and I've tweeted it and I can't find it. I want that soundtrack. I will pay good money for that soundtrack. You can stream yeah. it from SoundCloud, but I want to own it, and it's on vinyl. That doesn't help me in my car. And the only one I found is through Steam, but to buy the Steam one, you have to buy the game through Steam, and I already have the game 
for PSN. So I, I don't know if anyone knows if there's a place to get the Hotline Miami Two soundtrack where I can just own it. Um, I would love to because that holy moly, so many great, so many great tracks. That's it's incredible. Yeah, it's it's really good. I think the variety on display in the in the game in terms of the locales and the music they do to support that is awesome. Yeah, and for Hardline, Anthony, is there a reason to um, arrest people? Because I had heard. And I haven't played the game, but I had heard from friends that, you know, you unrest, you arrest people and that gets you points. And then you use those yeah. points to buy new guns, but the game doesn't really reward you for using guns. So it's like this weird perk system. It's like, you got this dope gun. Now you cannot kill people with it, too. <laughs> like, I don't I feel like there's a disconnect where they didn't quite go all the way cop or all the way, you know, you're in this rogue city and you're going to blow everything up. Is that true or have I been misinformed? That, no, that that's that's pretty accurate. There is a little single player independent leveling system that you get more points for taking an enemy down instead of uh, killing them. Actually, I think if they've, you know, there's a, there's a full on detection meter and a little mini map with vision cones. And once they've seen you, you know, it's guns blazing time and that's okay. But yeah, the, the taking down people and leveling your character up does unlock new guns, but do, I I spent a lot of time not using gun. I had to force myself to see what the shooting out actually felt like because the stealth stuff was so easy and it felt like it was in, the game was encouraging me to do it. It's kind of like when you play Splinter Splinter Cell, you could run in and shoot things, but the game seems to be leaning towards the stealth, and this game introduces that freeze mechanic and puts vision cones and separates enemies into little groups puts them on paths so they deviate that you feel like okay I'm supposed to be systematically freezing these guys and taking them down but then yeah the reward is a gun that you're you know you got a cooler gun to put in an enemy so he drops his gun it's yeah (laughs) it seems weird I mean kudos to them for trying I do think a real cop game um, I know this is funny because they make GTA, but I think Red Dead um, is my favorite Rockstar game. But like, I would love to play Red Dead Modern Day Cop, where you're in on patrol. And I know that you know there was um, what's it called? Uh, Rockstar published. Uh, you were interrogating people. I know that game exists. La Noir. Want, thank you, La Noir. I'd love like a modern day somehow making it interesting where you spend days patrolling. And that's kind of boring, air quote, but that's part of being a cop and then action happens and you got to run and chase and, you know, you really are trying to subdue people and there's a different way to incentivize not killing other than points because you don't get punished for killing per se. Um, It's just you don't get these upgrade points. It's weird. Police quest remastered. That's what you want. Except for I know we just talked smack about remastered. Uh, Police (laughs) quest 10. What? How many did they make? I want a new police quest. That's what I want. (laughs) Uh, Christian, you've been playing more Ori? Yeah, Ori, man. Ori? So I know last week um, I had some audio connection problems. You guys, this game is awesome. Absolutely awesome. If you can play it on PC or Xbox One, my it, the Xbox One version still is a little janky on, on load somehow for me. Um, I know they say they're working on it. but So rehashing, beautiful, whatever. But the way you and... Um, you mentioned last week, Jeff, how you know you wanted the wall jump ability, then you get it. And the way that this game doles out your unlocks in terms of when you need them and when you want them and 
you see a part that you're stumped and you know like a metroid or that type of game and 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 you're like oh i, I want to get i can just why can't i jump there oh i i can make it i can make it I, okay i clearly can't make it but then you get it soon enough that you're not super frustrated and maybe it's my skills as a dope gamer um i find the challenge to be pretty perfect there are a few segments that you know i was like okay i'm not going to try this if i don't beat it this time of course i tried it three more times until i got past it but i love i love 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 the challenge and the ability unlocks that you get and how it teaches you them and how you link them together where you get a double jump and then you get an ability to dash off of enemy projectiles that you then combine with your wall jump and then you get a ground smash and then you stay in the air and you're flying around and it really does create that cool Sonic the Hedgehog 2 or Sonic CD like this is crazy there's no way this is going to work out I'm bouncing off of everything I'm going way too fast I'm never going to pull this off or you know Tony Hawk 2 or Ollie Ollie kind of holy crap I can't believe I did that combo chain or even Hotline Miami I think combos were a little easier in, in one but you run into a room and you're like shoot stab throw door kick punch stab I can't believe I did that that's incredible moments and what's great about Ori 2 is that as you unlock these things I feel like it scratches the same itch and a lot of Metroidvania games I think do this successfully I shouldn't say a lot I should say the good Metroid and the good Castlevania games do this where you feel it's that portal response where you feel like you're the smartest guy in the room because you're like oh wait there's an orb up there oh yep i got to use this enemy's projectile to get up there how did i not think of that oh i'm totally hacking the game (laughs) this stupid idiot shot of tried to kill me with the rocket now i'm gonna jump up and unlock this other power but no that's how you're supposed to do it and the new environments as you progress the new worlds or parts of the world you get to are just beautiful and stunning and the fire um, there's uh, like lava molten and then water. Holy moly. Jeff, have you suffered through the annoying Xbox One um, glitches of this game to spend more time with it? No. Uh, I was <sighs> going to reference uh, the, the gang in the in the chat room that are all experiencing the same thing. Jicky Jacks here says Ori is awesome. Unfortunately, very broken too. He lost his safe game twice, six oh, hours no. down the drain. Oh, there's a no. whole bunch of other people who are like, yeah, me too, me too, or uh, other issues. I have decided I want to finish this game, but I'm not going to risk that kind of aggravation. I will uh, wait till there is a I have confirmation that an update has fixed all those issues and then I will jump back in. But unfortunately, right now, I just I can't I don't I I don't want to deal with angry sounds, you know, just that when I boot it up, it's like that's not cool. Uh, And then potentially losing a save is, is sort of when I check out and go, Nope, waiting for waiting for the patch. Yeah. I hadn't heard of that about that. So if that's prevalent, maybe I should stick a pin. I'm, I'm close to being done and, and the game to me is compelling enough and, you know, up my alley for my type of game that it's worth, you know, loading up my Xbox and getting, you know, every one out of five times that I'll take that risk, but losing a save game, that would be frustrating, but I'm just very, I'm, I'm bummed that I didn't get the PC version because everybody reports the PC version uh, is, is yeah, flawless. It's yeah. better and fine. But again, yeah. maybe wait then or maybe get it on PC. But it's a contender. I know we're only in March for Christian's fave game of 2015. It's um, really scratching all those right gaming likes for me. 
Yeah. Well, I'm excited. Uh, next week, we'll be talking a lot about Bloodborne. I am very excited to, to talk about that game because that's uh, really one of the first big, uh, you know, games I'm excited about. I'll be talking a lot about that next week. But I did. I was a man of my word and I did play Ollie Ollie 2, as you uh, told me to. Uh, it's awesome. It's awesome. I mean, it's it's tough <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. uh it's um you know uh, hand gymnastics that i'm not particularly great at and i feel like it um what are you playing it's, it's on? just like uh ps4 have you broken yeah, the I wasn't playing shock on... yet <laughs> no does that happen it, <laughs> yeah, sure yeah i mean you'll wear out your analog because one dual stocks are wonderful to hold but not the best quality controller this gen yeah. but i've had friends that have uh yeah had some <laughs> had some frustration issues it does the thing that I feel is a requirement for me to even play these type of games, which is the moment I die, I can jump back in. There is yes. zero weight to jump back in and try it again. And if there was even three or four seconds of having to load, the, the I would just hate the game. But the fact yeah. that I can, oh, I, I just fell down those stairs. Oh, I missed that jump. Are you kidding me? I can just restart, push triangle, restart, and try it again. That is a hundred percent the difference between enjoying the game for me and not. And the music um, doesn't stop either. So it's not as if there's, there's no end. Like the music is still going as you restart. So you don't even feel like you're restarting. I mean, I hurt my thumb playing this on Vita. Like I'm getting a, a blister and I keep mm-hmm. playing it. It's yeah. That loop is, Ooh, Ooh, it's good. Yeah. Uh, and then of course, yeah, I'll be playing Bloodborne next week. I'll be talking about it next week, but you know, we got to do, um, our Hots Primer. I've been getting a lot of. Oh, I mis- mispronounced it. I've been getting a lot of <laughs> of uh, primer is what you put in an engine to make it start, guys. When you when you're everybody in the Reddit who is trying to correct me, no, it's pronounced primer when it's a lesson, when it's a catching you up on something. And how anyway? How do you how do you, pr- how do you pronounce a series a, a short video of like moving images on the internet? How would you pronounce that? A video? Is it a GIF? Oh yeah, I know. Oh. The, the guy, the the creator said GIF. <laughs> uh, screw that guy. <laughs> screw that guy. Uh, anyway, so I've been getting a lot of feedback from people who are digging it. So haters and ignoring the feedback from people that haven't been digging. But a lot of people are digging it. So here we go. <laughs> Jeff's hot's primer. Jeff's hot's primer. Yes, that's right. It's pronounced primer. Tomorrow, the new. Patch should be, should be hitting with, uh, a new map and Sylvanas, the, the new hero. Very excited about that stuff. It's been 25% extra XP all week. Uh, and that continues, uh, in Heroes of the Storm. So, oh man, I talked a lot, uh, in previous episodes, different lessons. This week, I want to focus on what makes Heroes of the Storm different from other MOBAs. And that is, map objectives. So each map you play in this game is a completely different set of rules. There's different ways that the map can be used to attack your enemies. And there's a whole bunch of them. I'm not going to talk about each individually, but suffice it to say, they each have completely different strategies based on the mechanics of the map. And almost always, the map mechanics are the most important part of any match. That's what separates Heroes of the Storm. Love it or hate it. That's what makes it different than Dota and League of Legends. It is 
dictated by these map mechanics. Sometimes you're collecting coins and turning them into a pirate who will shoot cannonballs at your enemy's t- uh, towers and, and structures. Sometimes you are rushing to collect a, a tribute that randomly appears at certain parts of the map. And if you collect three of them, your enemy team is cursed. And so their, their minions have only one health point and et cetera, et cetera. So very, very different ways that are used. But the general rule is you almost always want to drop what you're doing and go do the map objective. That's part of playing as a team, which again is the biggest thing I can recommend. You can do the wrong thing as a team is better than doing the right thing by yourself. So uh, general rule, basically every time a map objective comes up, rush to that and ping the map. If you press G on the keyboard and then hit a place on the mini map, it'll ping that map so you can tell your teammates where you're headed and what you're doing and look for where your teammates are telling you they're going. That sometimes there are multiple objectives on a map that you need to do. The other big thing is there are several maps. Uh, there is the Dragon Shrine map where if you control these top and bottom shrines, you can grab and take control of this massive dragon in the center. And there's also the Garden uh, of Terror map, which if you collect enough seeds in certain areas that spawn when it turns to nighttime, if you collect enough seeds, you'll spawn this this plant creature called the terror that you can then control one player can control and use on the map so anytime that you are controlling a giant character like that if you find yourself in control of one of those things the most frustrating thing is when people control those things and don't know what they're doing so almost always not even almost always 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 when you're controlling one of those things your job is to attack structures not heroes not players so you want to rush a lane you want to if you're the if you're the garden terror you want to drop that potted plant down which will kind of deactivate a lot of the the security things for the the terror or for the towers and the structures uh and as the dragon you want to you focus your attacks on structures don't w- waste the time that's slowly ticking down by chasing heroes around the map again this is not a deathmatch game this is a game about winning the objectives so in, in general, that's the, that's the big points I wanted to talk about today. Go to the objective, be a part of your team. Usually there'll be a team fight at the objectives. Uh, we'll talk about team fights probably next week, uh, if people are still digging this and, uh, strategies for team fights. But most of the time there'll be a team fight at the objectives, which means you need to be there for your team. You can't win team fights if you're outnumbered. It's very difficult to win team fights if you're outnumbered. So be there for your team. Go to the, go to the objective when it comes up. And then if you control one of those things, your job is to attack structures, not people. So there you go. The hot spermer for today. Question. Everybody loves it. Um, yes, sir. So I'm playing Heroes of the Storm. I just started playing and I can't, Did find, you really? a, I can't find a death match option, but um, <laughs> I got a bastard. lot of kills, but <laughs> I keep, I keep losing, but I'm getting XP. So I think I'm doing it right. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, also, don't be AFK. Spacebog brings up a big point. Don't be AFK. Nothing drives me more bonkers than being somebody uh, on the team being AFK. Um, but I'm trying to be uh, kinder and chat to people. I think people interpret telling them what to do as being uh, mean. Um, and then sometimes I'm just mean. But uh, I'm trying to be nicer. I'm trying to think about what I put out into the world and make it a better place. Um, if anyone is it's listening, so frustrating. If anyone is listening and you're like awesome at Heroes... Please uh, reach out at Jeff Kanata, two N's, one yeah. T, 
and play with him and yell at him. Let him know how bad he is. <laughs> yeah, I want to get better, man. It's like tennis. You can only you can only get better if you play with people who are better than you. You need a McEnroe um, to yell at you and uh, uh, for sure <laughs> break a racket over your head. <laughs> and then next week's will be like Jeff's hot sadness. Jeff's hot sadness. Jeff thought he was good, but he is sad. <laughs> hey, man, I freely admit I'm not the best person in the world at this game. I I do, however, have skill, and this is one of the first games in a long long time that i feel like i can hang i can hang with the the right group right i can <laughs> until hang with comes, until it comes out of beta and good people <laughs> that's me that's me talking i've talked about that i'm the best at games when they're in beta <laughs> well yeah okay fair enough i mean i i lose a lot of matches uh but you know you can't you can't you can only go to war with the team you have not the team you want <laughs> <laughs> you lose a lot of matches because of your crappy teammates anthony yeah are it's you never a, me are, are, are you a moba guy did you play dc moba for a bit right am i wrong uh you're wrong oh as usual <laughs> but no yeah as, as no i'm not a i'm not a moba guy i I've tried a few um, over over the years. I tried to get into Dota. I tried to get into League. It just didn't do anything for me. It's just not. It's not my type of game. I can appreciate it. I can actually watch, uh, you know, shoutcasted matches and get into that. I, I think that's pretty compelling. But as far as playing it myself, yeah, it's just not going to happen. I don't think. Or well. Uh, the, the sad thing is a lot of people have interpreted this this se- segment of the show as reasons not to play it, but I, I really don't <laughs> want that to be the case. I really don't want that to be the case. I You know, I, I talk a lot about, uh, you know, having little patience for new... It's not that. It's that it's... Pe- I don't ever mind somebody that wants to learn and wants to do better and wants to be part of the team. It's when people are like willfully anti-team it's just like, why are you playing this game? Why are you Jeff's here? Jeff's primer. Jeff's hot primer. Yes, how it's pronounced. It's pronounced primer. Okay, guys, don't I, play with me. Go, go okay. find some friends. Say, oh, that, that, I'm so that sick that of is... people in the chat asking if this is over. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Anthony. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I, w- I will say that that is, um, for me, uh, I'm not saying that that's what you're doing, Jeff, but that is one of the big hurdles to the bigger MOBAs is that there's this huge chasm between getting into the game and getting good at the game and uh, the people that are good at the game are do not seem to want to Sherpa uh, for lack of a better term people people over that chasm um, so I think that what you're doing is is helpful but it, it's uh, I don't know because there's that stigma I think everybody interprets it the wrong way well let's get to a story of glory or tale of fail. I think I like this one. People like like these two. I like them. This one's from Fed. Uh, he says in Halo Reach, there's a map called Spire, which is a big outdoor map next to an ocean with a large cliff that falls right out onto the water. The map is big enough to allow air-based vehicles, including a Falcon, which is a three-man dropship that carries one pilot and two gunners. During a random game, I was running through the map when one of my teammates landed a Falcon directly in front of me. He was piloting it, and both gunner seats were empty. So I knew he was saying to me, Hey, buddy, jump in. I was more than happy to jump on a gun, turret, and unleash some hell on the enemy team. However, my teammate flew over the cliff and cut the engine, dropping the Falcon Falcon into the ocean and killing us both. What a troll! What a pointlessly suicidal troll! 
As soon as I respawned, I started running towards the area where I knew the Falcon would respawn. Unfortunately, that same teammate got there before me. I watched him take off, fly through the map, and land in front of another teammate. I didn't have my microphone plugged in, so all I could do was helplessly watch as the pilot flew over the cliff and into the ocean again, killing himself and my other teammate. As I was watching this, I was killed by the enemy team. So when I respawned, I selected a jetpack from my loadouts and hightailed it to the area where the Falcon would respawn. Bingo. When the Falcon respawned, I was able to jump into the cockpit first. When the suicidal teammate arrived, he had no choice but to jump into the gunner's seat. I took off, and to my surprise, I saw that he actually started playing the game properly by shooting the enemy. For a brief moment, I considered... Well, now he's actually killing the enemy. Maybe I should let him off the hook. But no. Instead, I flew the Falcon over the cliff, cut the engines, then bailed out in midair and used my jetpack to fly safely away while the troll fell into his watery death. Petty of me? Maybe. But oh my god, it felt good to give this guy a taste of his own medicine. That was from Fed. Thanks for sending that in. If you want to send in a story of glory or a tale of fail, send it to uh, dlcfeedback at gmail.com or post it on our subreddit at 5x5dlc.reddit.com. Pretty cool, huh, guys? That was and a good then one. And he perpetuated the myth because someone else was also, yep. you can hold three, someone else was on there and, and now it's still going <laughs> to this day. And people are still cutting the engines. <laughs> yeah. The guy before him was just trying to get back at the previous dude. Oh, it's just a, it's, you know what? When we perpetuate violence, we only have ourselves to blame. And uh, uh, Panda David says in the chat, and that everyone is how the original troll began. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's cut out a little bit of tabletop time. Right now, right now. Anthony, are you a tabletop gamer? I can't remember. Um, casually, but not not nearly um on the level of you, or maybe even Christian. I'm not even a. I don't have a. I don't have a Jeff Kanata to to lead me into the world of tabletop. But I'm interested. I lo- I love. Everybody uh, needs one of those. I love listening. <laughs> yes. I love listening <laughs> uh, to tabletop time though. Oh, good. Uh, that's that's what happened uh, last week. I was all excited. Christian was going to be on. We we actually had board games to talk about, and then all of a sudden he he bailed. I was but... busy not booking very high paying work. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we played a game. I had you over, and we played a game of Sheriff of Nottingham. And I wanted to talk about that. Sheriff Nottingham is the first of the Dice Tower Essentials line, which is a friend of the show, Tom Vassell, who was on one of our early episodes um, and has his own podcast called The Dice Tower. He's now sort of producing a line of of games that he endorses. And uh, this is the first. And it's actually a reprint and rebranding of an older game. Um, but it's, uh, it's pretty cool. The idea is that, uh, you are, you know, Robin Hood and his band of merry men, but one player plays as the sheriff and you're trying to get goods into the city and the old crotchety, uh, you know, um, corrupt sheriff is overlooking everything. So you can get these four different goods into the city that are all legal and all fine bread, cheese, um, uh, what are the other two? 
uh, apples. chickens and apples, right? So those are f- fair, fair to sell in the city. But there's a bunch of contraband, and you're trying to smuggle contraband because those will give you even more points. So getting legal goods will get you some points, but getting contraband is where the real points are. So the idea is that every player has this little bag, this little sack that has a snap on it. And when it's uh, your turn, you play as the sheriff, and all the other players put a certain number of their goods from their hand into the bag and tell you to your – and snap it shut so you can't see and tell you to your face – how many goods are in there and what type they are. And they have to be truthful about how many goods there are, but they can completely lie to you about what's in the bag. And it's your job as the sheriff to try to see if they are bluffing and you can decide whether you're going to open the bag and expose what they have in there or not. If you expose what they have in there and they have been telling the truth, you get penalized. You have to pay money to them. But if they were lying and you can pull out some contraband that they were trying to smuggle in, they get penalized. So it's all of this like, well, is he lying or does he know that I know that he knows that I know that he knows? Uh, so, Christian, tell me your experience of playing uh, Sheriff of Nottingham. Never play a game with a friend, another friend, and one of those friends' wives. Because you get things <laughs> like, I'll never lie to you, babe. You know I'd never lie to you, babe. There's no contraband in this bag, babe. Uh, I exaggerated the number of babes. Um, fun, but fun I lost. Game. I was last place, dude. I had no advantage for playing with my wife. I came in last place. No, but she. So we we joked. We uh, joked. Your wife is very likable, but woo, likability. Uh, she and in, in, anyone in general. It doesn't have to be uh, a female doing this, but she's she's soft spoken. She played the game. I shouldn't say she's always like this. She played the game very soft spoken. Timed things well. Opened up and to. You know, you have to place your counterband if you get it through contraband through. You have to place it out. But she would do it in a way when like no one was looking somehow like a ninja or like a magician. And then all of a sudden we'd realize that she bamboozled us once again and smuggled crossbows through, which money, money, money. Crossbows are sweet money. Yeah, Um, it's fun. I feel like we didn't get into I mean, my favorite part of the game is, you know, the lying and, and how far you can go to get people to do in the, you know, hey, don't do this, I'll do this, you can do this, I'll do this. And then we didn't even know how far the deceit went until towards the end of the game when you were trying to make a contraband run for things and your your wife was the sheriff and she was like, you know what, I'm going to open it up. You are The only way you can win this is with a large amount of smuggling. And you were like, look, okay, I have some stuff in there, but one of them in there is a silk, a contraband silk. I will give you that silk if you let me pass. One. Yeah, you can make all these side deals. You can make any kind of side deal you want. Other people can offer things so that they you will open the thing uh, and expose other players. So there's all these like side negotiations that happen. Yeah, but you just straight up lied. Once you didn't believe. Nope, I don't think so. And then she opened up, and there wasn't even there wasn't even ain't no dang silk in that there bag, Mister Kanata. Well, you straight up lied about dealing a contraband to your wife, and that it good sir. Yeah made me want to play more of that game because that's some <laughs> next level trickery uh that i am interested that's in. good wholesome fun lying to your wife around the game table <laughs> after, let's just call it good wholesome fun round, after the first round consisted of i will never lie to you <laughs> well uh, yeah, i told I, I, I did I, not I, win <laughs> yeah my wife won it was yeah. awesome um so this is a game i've played several times now and uh you know i Games like The Resistance, which I think I've talked about before, uh, it's a game I love. Uh, it's all about lying to your friends. Uh, I, 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 
hate to toot my own horn, but I think I'm pretty good at the resistance. I think I'm, I'm, I think I can kind of pull it off and I'm, I'm kind of good at manipulating the group to try to, you know, seed a little bit of, of, um, unrest in, you know, suspicion in other players and throw it off myself. I think I'm pretty good at that. This game I am terrible at. I've never won. I've come in last three times that I've played it. I just, I have a hard time knowing when to distrust people. I feel like you were really good at being able to figure out when was a good time to open someone's bag and when was a good time to just let them through. I did okay on that. I think the ladies went one, two though, right? Yeah, we they had, did we go had one, two. Two women yeah. playing and three dudes, and it was lady, lady, dude, dude, dude. And uh, yeah, they, I think, man, I don't know. I think it was just kindness. They were just nice. Like, we were all jerks to each other. <laughs> and I think that came back to bite us. Yeah. Uh, but is, is this a game you would you definitely would want to play again, right? I mean, honestly, yes. I would like to play this game with you again. I'd also like to play this game with my in-laws because they are such, like, <laughs> sweet people. And I would, I'd, I would love to just, like, I like to get under people's skin or see, peel back their niceness. You know what I mean? Like, I, that's why I like your yeah. odds primer because I like hearing uh, Jerk Kanata. <laughs> <laughs> Well, th- that's what's so wonderful about Sheriff of Nottingham is that everybody gets a turn at being the judge. And so you can be as conniving and underhanded and, and you know, dishonest as you want. But and it's, you're in the hot seat and you got to make the decision about who's lying to you. It's tricky and it's so well done and it's so easy to wrap your head around. Uh, it's an inexpensive game. I think it's only 40 bucks on Amazon. Um, and... Uh, you know, I, this is one that I think is worth the sort of essentials moniker that the Dice Tower gave it because it's uh, it's just great fun. If you're okay being that kind of game, some people don't like being dishonest <laughs> in the course of the game. And, you know, to be honest, there is a legitimate way to play the game four points and just try to be you were you did a lot of not lying in the game and you were doing pretty well. But uh, will, it's, a, it's tricky. You will always finish middle of the road that way. I don't think there's a way. Because that's what I did almost all the game. And then uh, I probably would have been second, but for a large contraband swindle there towards the end of someone else. And I think I don't think you can win, but you can feel good about yourself and finish towards the top of the pack. But I don't think you'll ever be number one playing honestly. Yeah. Anyway, again, that is a Sheriff of Nottingham and... Uh, that's uh, that's our tabletop time for this week. So that brings us to the end of the show. Uh, we do have a parting gift to give you at the end. But uh, before that, Anthony, tell the people where they can follow your exploits this week. Uh, you can follow basically all my gaming related stuff at GameRant.com. Uh, I'm an editor over there and I write. A good deal of the content. You can also uh, look for some stuff on Bloodborne tonight. I can say that uh, from me. Uh, I have been playing Bloodborne over the weekend. And uh, I also have a podcast that Christian conveniently was just on yesterday and it went live today. Uh, it's called the DC Watchtower. And we basically talk about the main DC Comics TV shows that are on right now. So we were doing Constantine, but that's off, but we do Arrow, Flash, and Gotham every week. Uh, it's at the at DC Watchtower if you want to follow us on Twitter. And then if you just want to follow me around as like a stalker, I welcome all stalkers. You can follow <laughs> me on Twitter. Uh, it's at A-N-T-A-O-R-M-I-N-A. Cool. Uh, Christian, how about you? You got lots to plug. Oh, man. Things are, things are heating up. 
Mezzo album, Moment in Time. It is on Google Play, Amazon MP3, and on iTunes. You can check that out. It is still a thing that exists. Um, I think it, uh, I'm, I think I'm going to make people seem interested. So I will have a, a run of very nice, uh, hopefully high quality shirts of the awesome recording poster that Jenny Fine did. Dude, me on my phone. That is fantastic looking. It is really yeah, cool. It's pretty great. Pretty great. The shirt prototype looks good. So, um, it's going to be up through Teespring, I believe, which is a nice way to do it. Um, Pete Holmes does a lot of his shirts that way and they're almost always high quality, great stuff. Um, so you can look for those um, via my Twitter at Spicer. Uh, I know that calls have kind of dropped off of this show. If people want to, I do a show on all thing comedy with um, Dean Del Rey, who's a great comedian. He's been on Marin. And it's Thursdays at noon Pacific. It's bitching, like, um, you know, totally tubular. And um, Thursday, noon Pacific, the number to call in is 323-282-7424. Literally, the show is about whatever people call in and talk about. You call us, we will chat with you uh, for as long as it's interesting and and keep taking calls. Lots of fun. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Oh, this is interesting. I'll be in Seattle on PAX Weekend doing comedy at the Comedy Underground there in Seattle featuring for Lori Kilmartin, who is um, a writer for Conan. Jeff, I'm still trying to... You, you should come. We should do something else. Say, does that mean we're not doing a show together? <laughs> well, the other show together is hard to pull together by myself in, in a city I don't know. So uh, original plan was to reach out to clubs and, and us put together our own weekend. All of the clubs are booked uh, for that weekend. It's not on their calendar, but they are all had headliners locked in and having never done comedy in the city before me going up and booking an alt room ourselves seemed um, daunting, but we should go, we should do a PAX panel, dude. This is the public. Yeah. We should do it. We should do it. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. I would like to do it. Let's I also it. would like to make figure out how to, my wife has a contact there that does bookings of things. So maybe we can make that still make that. Okay. Happen. Yeah. Anyway. I'm still open yeah. to it. I have a, I have, I'm doing shows at comedy underground featuring for, uh, Miss Kilmartin, she's fantastic. So if you're there, I, I will be there for doing that. But it's PAX. Let's do everything and anything. Let's let's do it all. Um, and then doing my it. podcast, my stand-up comedy podcast, it's New Comics Doing New Material. What's new? Um, originally born on the Nerdist Network is, is like a phoenix. It's coming back and it's landing. Couldn't be happier for this. It's going to be at the comedy store. Um, with Brenton Biddlecomb is going to co-host with me and we have some awesome, awesome stuff planned for it. The first live show will be April 23rd at the world famous comedy store. Kanata, what you doing, man, bro? You're doing, you're doing too much stuff, man. You're just a uh, busy, busy bee. That's things. cool. Um, I have the old, uh, slash film cast. We are talking about it follows this week, which BT dubs, Go see It Follows, because yeah. holy crap, that movie's amazing. If you like horror movies at all. Anyway, um, so listen to that over at SlashFilmCast.com. And also, if you like comedy, if you enjoy comedy stylings, like all the stuff Christian was talking about, uh, I do a comedy show. It's 20 minutes, three times a week, easy, easily digestible. And um, it's called We Have Concerns. It's at WeHaveConcerns.com. It's with Anthony Carboni. We have a our second ever guest this week. It's Hal Lublin, who you may know from Thrilling Adventure Hour and uh, from, um, uh, oh gosh, what's the name of that show? Um, welcome to uh, Night Vale. 
my brain doesn't work sometimes. Oh, welcome to Nightvale. He's, uh, he's on that show. Anyway, that'll be at the end of this week. So, uh, we have concerns at, we have concerns.com. My goodness. It's the end of the show and I'm melting, guys. I'm melting. Hey, give us a suggestion of what to do this week. Give us a parting gift. This is your parting gift. Uh, Anthony, what's uh, something you can give the people this week? Um, my parting gift is watch the NCAA uh, men's basketball tournament. Uh, I know, that, yeah, I know it. You know, I myself personally, about I don't know, five or six years ago, could not care less about it. But I think now that you you get into the swing of it, and I would say even just watch the last five minutes because I think there is there are a few things more exciting. Uh, anxiety driving than the last like five minutes of a really close college basketball game. There's also a ton of commercials. So I apologize for that because there's timeouts (laughs) like crazy, but I think there is nothing that is condensed into this like really exciting moment more than watching the underdog actually having a chance against, you know, a higher seed or an undefeated team uh, going on right now. And next weekend, I think starting on Thursday, we're going to get into some of the, the bigger games leading up to the final four. So how's your bracket? My bracket, you got Kentucky. uh, I make about five. Some of them are Uh, really, really busted. Um, mm. Some of them are still okay. I did correctly predict a few of the upsets. Not, not all of them, not as many as I would like, but some are okay. Some are really, really bad. Christian, you got a parting gift for the folks. So I got this as a, as a tweet from a listener and, um, his daughter released her first single on iTunes, and I like people that make stuff. I always support artists, other artists, whenever I can. Uh, like my friend Chad Cavanaugh has this great indie comic series called The Map um, that is fantastic and cool and great. And this is a song. I bought it. It's iTunes. It was like, what, 99 cents or whatever it ended up being. Um, band named Clarity. Song named Sharks in the Swimming Pool. It's um, alt-rock with a little bit of, you know, modern synth to it, if I'm describing it hopefully accurately. Hopefully no one is like, that's not what we are, dude. That's not our sound. But it's cool. I think gamers, you know, can appreciate it. Um, I've enjoyed it. If you can, Maybe you can stream it somewhere. So I wanted to give that a shout-out. And an anti-shout-out. Holy crap, Jeff. I think we were, both ex- we were both excited for this. Don't watch Powers on the PlayStation Network. It's bad. Read the comic. Read the comic. Yeah. The comic is great. The show is awful. <laughs> mm, I didn't so even bad. watch it, dude. I'm so I've only heard bad things, and it makes me so sad because the comic is so good. And for the longest time, like it was going to be Frank Oz was going to direct the TV show, and it was going to be this big thing, and then it, it just kept, has some, kept getting like it still has yeah. some talent behind it. But woof, yeah, don't don't bother. Watch Better Call Saul. There's better stuff out there. Watch iZombie. Yeah. There's better stuff out there. Hey, I was going to do something different, but I, since I mentioned It Follows, I want to reiterate that as my parting gift. Guys, It Follows. If you like horror movies, even a little bit, it's like the best 80s horror movie ever made, but was made in 2015. So good. <laughs> it is so, so simple. Have you seen it? Oh, yeah. I think, didn't I tell you to see it when we were board gaming? Did you? I went to a scene. Maybe you did. Yeah. Oh, man. So good, right? Like, so clever, so simple, so timeless. Like, on the edge of my seat, there was a, there's a scene at the, toward the end, like the climactic scene where I, I was like, 
it's a cliche, but I was literally on the edge of my seat and I yeah. looked over to the, to the, like the, these two ladies that were sitting down the aisle from me. And this one lady was like bouncing up and down in her seat. Like she, like we were just so enthralled by what was happening. It was crazy. It's, uh, it's, it's so good. Coming it to follows. video on demand, but see it in theaters. I mean, it's beautifully well, they, shot. It's great. They delayed the video on demand, which I think is a great move because I think more people should see it in, in, on the big screen. The soundtrack is amazing. The score is amazing. And it's the guy who did, um, it's a video game guy who did, uh, video game stuff. Uh, but my brain doesn't work. Um, maybe the chat room knows. Go see anyway. It. It's, it's good. It's good. And it's not, it's not, uh, horror porn either. It's, you know, it's not that type of horror. It's not blood and gut spewing everywhere. It's really, right. really yeah, well no, done. Yeah, I don't know if there's, well, there's a little blood, but there's barely any blood. Yeah, it's just, it's just smart. Uh, okay, that's going to do it. We are running long anyway. Uh, that's going to do it for this week. A special thank you to Anthony Taormina for jumping in at the last minute. We really appreciate it. Uh, we had, I guess, a mix up with our, with our guests, but man, you, you really brought it and I appreciate Another problem. it. Thank you. Um, yeah, and uh, thanks to uh, everybody in the chat room for contributing to the show. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Until then, Think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place. <laughs>